0: and welcome back to a troop of players season one episode two i am your gm chris mcclain and i am joined by uh, probably the best party of all time i don't know like i've never i've never played games in europe so like i couldn't say for sure but certainly the best gang i've ever played with hi everyone welcome to the show how are we all doing this evening oh hey. great man so yeah. so good
1: i'm alive
0: <laughs> At this point, man, that's all anyone can ask of you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, Mike. I love you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad. I love too. you too, Chris. Oh my goodness! <gasps> Yay! <laughs> a, I have you, to get that. Whole, do you want to marry me, Chris? Oh, dude, shit! You're you're only a couple months too late, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said yes if you asked. I would have said yes. I'm gonna be,
2: honest. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Chris. We got a Mike.
1: game to play. Stop. <laughs>
3: Our marriage license is just right over there. I can rip it up right now. This is a beautiful moment.
0: (laughs) No, honey. (laughs) That's okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. When we last left our intrepid heroes we were at a gala being held by J.D. Pierce III to celebrate a new line of Magitech golems, basically Magitech robots. While there, the half the party was going to break into J.D. Pierce III's office to try and uh, acquire some letters to find out more of the truth of Gwen's father, Simon Godwin, and his involvement in some kind of conspiracy with the Empire of Eudraria. While there... Gwen unfortunately fell under magical attack and had some kind of rune etched in her skin from afar from a very creepy man with the violet eyes. And back in J.D. Pierce's office, Sunhawk was able to acquire a very important journal. And shortly thereafter, J.D. Pierce's J.D. Pierce, the head was incinerated. And we're going to pick up literally right there. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, without, <laughs> what'd you say, Tyler? I said, woof. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> about right. <laughs> all right. So we cut into it. Pierce's body, the heat that burned him was so intense it has burned right through the floor, through the desk, through the floor. Not really sure how much further it goes than that. The wound on his neck is partially cauterized but not entirely it's messy i'll use the uh, pg term it is very messy and it stinks and that's where that's where we open that's what's in front of you right now there are two other women in the room and they are not they're panicking (laughs) there is some panic here travis throws up (laughs) <laughs> the
4: scent really got to me You know what that's I'm fair I'm freaking out You know
0: what that's fair It also low-key kind of smells like barbecue Oh my god! That's <laughs> Yeah I th- I'm really throwing up <laughs> What
5: ha- uh, what happened to the woman The one who was like Oh she walked out
0: She, she just disappeared. peaced out
3: <laughs> Didn't she disappear
0: yeah, she was just like deuces.
3: She disappeared. I thought. Yeah. She just left
0: us. No, nah, she she did. did she she just said walk out. Yeah, could, she said. Did she
3: magic disappear? I totally thought she magic disappeared. I was picturing magician. Did she just fucking walk out? She just walked
0: out the room. Oh god, like, I'm an idiot. Okay. But yeah, she's just gone.
5: So Suri looks at a puking Travis, a decimated body, and two naked women, and goes, "I don't know which situation is worse or better." <laughs> but I'm going to deal with the ladies (laughs) while you figure this out. And she goes to like help them get out of the room and get dressed.
4: (laughs) I'm like, aye, aye,
0: count. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh, man.
4: We still have the crystal
0: thing. Mm -hmm. You still have the alarm beacons. Yep. The guy aside. All right.
6: So I'm going to say, since we have the journal, I'm going to take mine and
0: you just crush it.
6: Oh, crush it. Okay. So I'm like, all right, we've got what we came for.
0: And right as you're crushing it, You hear the same woman who did the incineration, her voice in the hall. You hear her scream.
2: Murder! Oh, my God, murder! They killed him! They killed him in his office! Come quick!
4: Okay, I I immediately I'm like, that just shocks my system right back into action. And I'm like, we have to go right now. Right now, we have to go.
0: Agreed. Yes. Let's go.
5: Is there a window?
0: There are no windows. Remember, the only ways in, there was an elevator that you had to have the pocket watches in order to access because the electric field, uh, it would have turned you to ash otherwise. And it required uh, special authorization that you guys did not have. That's why you had to enter in through the main way. So you can either try and go up the hallway or you can try and find a way to turn on the elevator.
6: Can we knock out the lady?
0: She's already well out. You're hearing her scream this from well down the hallway. Like a distance. Yeah.
4: Okay. She's she's framing us. Got it.
5: So Suriel's brain, we go, never take an elevator, you'll get stuck. We have to go down the stairs and hope for the best. There's no other options.
4: I, I'm gonna run to the, to the door and just sort of like peek my head out, like do like a look both ways kind of thing. What's the situation?
0: The hallway for right now is clear other than I believe the unconscious body that Travis left behind when you guys were making it in there, you guys had to knock. No, a Sunhawk had to knock someone out on Travis's behalf. So there's just that prone body that's still there. And like right as you pull your head back in the hallway, you see three guards sprinting around the corner.
6: Okay, one for each of us.
5: Yes, sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: I love that. I like that confidence. I love it. Sunhawk's just like, yeah, let's go. Come on. I chose violence this morning. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something
4: crazy. Okay. Oh no. All right. I'm just gonna like look at at uh, Suri and Sunhawk. I just give a look of like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I, I like, I like run out and I go, oh my god, everyone's dead. <laughs> Oh and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm doing my best.
5: <laughs> I, I want Suri to go bah, and run out and go, oh, no, he exploded.
3: <laughs> he
0: exploded. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, okay. Spontaneous human combustion events. <laughs> I need both of you to make, oh, goodness. What are you trying to accomplish by doing this? What's the objective here? I'm just trying to make
4: a bigger confusion for these guys running after us to at least buy us time to either run or get them, even if it
0: buys us like a few seconds. Yeah, totally. No, I totally get that. Sunhawk, do you want to try and add into the oh, God, everyone's dead confusion?
6: No, I want to have a hallway fight.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Sunhawk is like, you are amateurs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, like at this point, Sunhawk is already like pulling up the kerchief over <laughs> her nose. <laughs> and like, uh, it's very like considering lighting angles, like for how to make this look as cool as possible. All right. Could everyone. Uh, and when I say everyone, I mean, Suri and Travis. Could you please both make a You're trying to get their attention? You're trying to yell at them. I'm trying, you know, just buy time and be a distraction. I'm going to say that's willpower plus willpower. This is just raw force and trying to surprise them. So please roll willpower plus willpower.
5: So I got eight. I got one. I got one that was uh, six and the other was two.
0: I rolled a 12, eight and four. So they slowed down, but you see when they slow down, it takes them a minute and they're like, hang on a second. They have cutlasses on them and they're drawing their cutlasses. But that's okay, because Sunhawk has already been prepping for this moment. Sunhawk, would you like your hallway fight? Uh, please? <laughs> Sunhawk, as they slow, please roll a dexterity plus might check, and then narrate to me how you start your hallway fight.
6: I got an eight.
0: So there's three of them, right? There's three of them, and they're kind of spread out abreast in the hallway.
6: Based on what we had talked about with like the way Sunhawk fight in terms mm-hmm. of like finding pressure points essentially mm-hmm. uh and also using uh like enemies momentum against them mm-hmm. the, are these guys just standing still they're just kind of they're walking
0: towards they're walking towards okay they went from a sprint to like a power walk
6: power walk okay i think the first thing i want to do is take my um Screama. Yeah, yeah. I want to take those and I want to lock them together and all I want to do first is like do a running slide underneath one of their legs and just like have it have it held out right so it's like a trip like a trip wire as I go through uh through the legs of the first guy.
0: Amazing. I'm so here for it. So as you go, you do successfully Slide under there, and you definitely hear, like, a what the hell? As you're going, and you slide under, and your staff goes up, and there is a sickening crunch as you hit the first two kneecaps. <laughs> like, right, the guy that you're sliding under just crunch as you hit them. However, one of the other guards, while you do succeed in functionally disabling the first guard in the fight, another one is able to basically, it's it's kind of awesome, actually, because you're on the ground with your staff and you're like blocking things as they're coming your way as he's like going with his sword, but you're not really in a great position and you wind up getting disarmed and you take 10 points of damage. Oh God, okay. Fortunately, you have two allies, Also in the hallway.
6: And now we are boxing them in, so.
0: Yes.
5: I'd like to take out my rapier that I have hidden in my pants, and I would like to try and have a sword fight. Like, I want this dude with his cutlass and my rapier. Just go for it.
0: Just go at it? Yep. Awesome. And uh, Travis, how do you want to engage?
4: Yeah, so I just sort of, like, shrug to myself, and I'm like, well... You know, I tried
0: <laughs>
4: since I still have like my revolver kind of or I, uh, my pistol. I, is it a revolver? It's a revolver. It's a revolver. Hell yeah. I take my revolver and I like point it and I'm like, all right, time to fight. So uh, I take a sh I'm going to take a shot at
0: one of the guys. All right. Both of you, please make a dexterity plus might. Travis, please make a dexterity plus insight throw.
4: I got a
5: 10 an eight and a two. Excellent.
0: I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> Travis! Travis! <laughs> so here's what happens. Suri, you engage uh, the sword fight. How does Suri fight?
5: Offense. She is all offense. She's been taught not to, to fall back. She goes forward.
0: <laughs> so I'm just imagining, you know, this this security guard... He's prepared for, like, a gala. He's not really prepared for anything crazy. And then there's this woman dressed in servants gear who I imagine lets out, like, some kind of, like, battle cry and just rushes this dude. (laughs) Is that about right?
5: 100%. And she comes in, like, straight up overhead swinging (laughs) because she just is like, I don't even, this is
0: how I fight. I love it. Just totally taking this guy's surprise and you begin clashing blades and going back and forth. Travis, the good news, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is you do manage to get your gun out and you load it. However, the guy that you were aiming for rushes forward and grabs your hands, kind of pushes them in the air and um, what winds up happening is he knees you in the stomach and you fall backwards. However, you are able to get your gun forward and you put around right before his eyes, right between his eyes. And around that time, the guard that Suri is currently fencing with gets distracted and Suri you cut him down like so much wheat in a field. Oh, oh my god. So, you you have successfully cleared the hallway. Unfortunately, a firearm was discharged. So,
3: <laughs> now y'all really are murderers.
2: I mean,
4: well, that
0: could have gone better. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Travis, you do take 10 points of damage because of that knee to the stomach. Hallway's clear. The two women are still in the office. There is one man still alive. He's screaming. His kneecaps are just gone. Like, he is sans kneecap right now. And there are two corpses and one other body that's unconscious from earlier. And the three of you. (laughs) Uh, The guy is...
5: No, no, Travis. No speaking. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going with your ideas again. (laughs) Step back. <laughs> I literally am like, I need you to. St-. And I look at Sunhawk and I'm like, you're in charge. What do we do?
6: Um, we need to get out of here and find the others and make ourselves scarce. We have what we came for. So I'm just going to kind of like head down the hall.
0: There is a window at the end of the hall. You are three stories up, but there is a window.
6: Can we climb out the window? Wasn't there, like, ivy or whatever on this building, you said?
0: There is creeping ivy, but it was on the wall outside. However, you are anime characters. Yeah, let's just scale the wall. This is theoretically possible. I'ma just need y'all to roll for it.
6: <laughs> I I want to roll
0: for it. Is everyone cool with defenestrating yourselves? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. (laughs) All right, everybody, please roll. um, You have to be lying on your feet, but you're also going to get hurt. So this is a dexterity plus might check. Wait, why are we jumping? I thought we were climbing. There's nothing really to climb. The ivy is on the outer wall that surrounds the building. This is a sheer surface.
6: Okay, never mind. I don't want to jump out the window again.
0: I do. I rolled an eight. (laughs) Travis, were you jumping out the window anyways? Do you wanna? (laughs) You're just like, all right, got it. It's not just, we need to make ourselves scarce. The two of you are like, right, got it. And just dive out the window. Could
3: I just get some clarity here? They're still on the third floor or were they able to go down the first flight of stairs? Third
0: floor. Let me put it like this. They got to the end of the hallway and that's where the window is, is what I'm saying. So they are still on the third floor right now.
5: Listen, I just jump for it. Why not?
4: I'm jumping. I jumped as well. I mean, it's rolled already, Chris. (laughs) 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 I
0: can't take it back.
5: What else are we going to do?
0: It's no longer in my hands. Quite literally, the die is cast. (laughs) The
4: die is cast, man.
5: Sunhawk led us down the wrong direction. I apologize, Travis. I should have listened well, to Well, I guess
4: I have to
0: jump too now, so just for posterity's <laughs> sake. Okay. What's, what's the roll? What was it? Dexterity plus might, please. Nine. Okay, so. I've got good news and bad news. <laughs> the good news is you're not dead. Hooray! Congratulations! The bad news is that breaking windows after a gunshot causes a lot of noise. So here's what happens. You successfully make it out the window, you successfully land on the ground, you successfully aren't really all that harmed. All things considered, you are anime characters, things are good. This is a Japanese role-playing game after all, coming to you from um Triangle Blenix. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you successfully land. However, you do successfully land right in the middle of a group of guards who were coming to investigate. And we're going to cut away from group B <laughs> to the Blue Angels. Nice.
3: <laughs> so I know that we have been. Alerted by the crystals. What does that look like for us?
0: Basically, what winds up happening is they glow slightly, they vibrate, and they get warm.
3: Okay. So not something necessarily super obvious to everyone.
0: Else. No, 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 no. Like if you like the only reason they glow slightly is just so you get a little bit of light in case you're in darkness. Mm. But otherwise, like if if this is a piece of jewelry like in a bright room, it wouldn't mm-hmm. show up at all but it just vibrates and gets warm and just lets out a little, little bit of light.
7: So based on what we discussed before we went on this mission, that is the signal that they are most likely, is what I'm assuming, is that they already have
0: the thing, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You activate the crystal when you're ready to get out. Whether that means everything has gone sideways, which Loki it kind of has. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: that
7: was, that but was we don't know a- that, because... We have not been alerted of this.
0: Yeah. So, so the crystal being triggered means either everything's ready and you're ready to get out, or everything has gone sideways and you need to get out. Either way, extraction. Get out, qu- quick! Get out of there.
1: Yeah, we gotta. We got a jet.
3: All right. I will no longer give my prepared speech on the evils of <laughs> the deceiver. <laughs> of, of the evils of the deceiver. God bless. We. <laughs> We, y'all have been saved from that, but we got to get out of here. We got to go. Is there a window in the room? I know we're like in a guest bedroom because we were healing. Yes. Miss Gwen. Is there perhaps a
0: an yes. alternative
3: route out mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the bathroom window? I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, there's a there's a large window. There's a large window that you would be able to um, exit out of. Yes. Are we on the first floor? You are on the first floor.
7: By force or by lift?
8: <laughs> yeah like
3: is, is this um is this one of those like times we're lucky enough to have the nice like walk-out balcony french doors or do we gotta like squeeze through some it's stuff it's actually
0: just
7: a latch but we're not smart enough to like
0: it, so. <laughs> enough. like straight up it's just magic like you just put your hand on it and it dissolves no i'm kidding um <laughs> it's a french window opening like, it, it okay. opens, but it's on the first floor, so there's not, like, a balcony or anything that you can Right, it would just be, of. like, straight on the grass or wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's not much of a drop. Okay. You're on the first floor. There's, like, no drop.
3: I know, but I grew <laughs> up on the first floor, and there was still, like, an eight-foot drop.
0: There's no eight-foot drop here. Cool.
3: Lives on a hill. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
7: um, okay, great. So I vote that we do that. I mean, I feel... Like we don't even need to discuss, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like we at the second we got that alert, we would all be on the same page. You know, I think all it would take is one person to look out the window to be like, all right, (laughs) let's go.
3: You're not bleeding anymore. Let's go.
7: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I guess I just like look at both of you and I say like, so never mind about that plan. I think it's time to get out of here. And um, (laughs) yeah, just
1: gesture towards the window. And I go, oh, yes, of course. And I open up the window. Or I go to open the window. Do I have to roll for it with my weak little archaeologist arms? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine.
7: Before we dive out of there, can I like take a peek outside and, you know, sort of subtly stick my head out in, non- in a non-obvious way to see if there's anything suspicious going on out there?
0: Yeah. So you, you stick your head out in a non-obvious way and uh, you look to your left. No one's there. You look to your right and you see Travis, Suri, and Sunhawk <laughs> surrounded by guards. <laughs> oh. Just in a squad. And now everybody is uh, back together. So we're everybody is in the same scene now. And as you do this, from out of basically a guardhouse, there are about 15, 20 more guards coming out. And coming at you guys, so I hope y'all are ready for an anime fight. Woo! Because it is happening. We are not going to do initiative. This is the first time we're going to do our kind of free-form mass combat rules that Rooster, the developer of the game, did help us figure out. Basically, how it's going to go is uh, you guys tell me what's going to happen, and then uh, we roll dice, and you guys succeed if you succeed in rolling over, you guys succeed. If you succeed in rolling over, if you fail, you still succeed, but something does go wrong. So it doesn't go off perfectly. We're going to start with uh, the formerly Group B now being reassimilated into the party proper. I imagine either Sunhawk or Travis would probably be the quickest to react, Travis, just because you have your gun, and that enables you to act just a little bit faster than anyone else, and Sunhawk just because you're a ninja. So: I'm ninja. <laughs> <laughs> So one of you can choose to go first. It doesn't matter to me. So roughly, how many guards are there? At this point, probably around thirty. Oh! <laughs> don't worry, you're anime protagonists.
4: <laughs> no, yes, yes. Um. So I look around and like I'm feeling like I'm like really frustrated because I don't have like my gear. Mm. You know, my gear's back on the ship. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just working with what I have. So I'm just gonna like take a look around and then I just take point and I'm just gonna start firing.
0: so you just start unloading
4: yeah pretty much
0: awesome that is a dexterity plus insight roll tell me let's roll let's see how that goes 11 with a 7 and a 4 that's an 11 awesome yeah buddy you are kicking ass you've got five more rounds back in that those five rounds make kill shots and one of them like there are two guys running at you and you totally do an indiana jones where you shoot through both of them at the same time it is very sick yeah, Sunhawk, you're up. What do you want to do?
6: I just want to do. I just want to do exactly what Beatrice did in the hallway. But I, I know that doesn't explain a lot. But it's just so much. It's so much ninja moves
0: in the in the hit Netflix TV series Warrior Nun. Warrior Nun. Copyright. All rights <laughs> reserved. Netflix, please don't sue us. We love you. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. Make a
6: Mine's also dexterity and sight. I'm using the escream sticks.
0: So here's what I'm gonna say: for the acrobatics, I'm gonna have you roll twice. For the acrobatics, roll dexterity plus might. For the actual ass kickery, roll dexterity plus insight.
6: That is a three and a six, which is a nine. Okay. And then a fourteen, a nine and a five for the fighting.
0: For the so uh, the nine for the acrobatics and the fourteen for the fighting. Yeah. Okay, so your style involves a lot of grappling and rolling around and like rolling on top of people's backs and it's a very mobile fighting style and that's hard to do in a mob. So you do, unfortunately, there are a a handful of like counter grapples that some people do that do take you down. However, you're fighting like a demon (laughs) and so you plow through these guys through a combination of Absolutely brutal, bone-breaking grabs and a handful of other just incredible ninja stuff. And you down a total of seven. So don't mess with the (laughs) Sunhawk. However, because of those, you know, getting thrown around a bit, uh, you do take some damage. Go ahead and mark 10 HP. sorry. At this point, they've maneuvered enough. You got an opening. You're, I, you got access to your weapons. What do you want to do, babe?
5: I want to go for all the knees. <laughs> I want to go for as many knees and, like, back of the knee ligaments as possible with my sword just to, like, get them out. Just knock them down.
0: Wow, <laughs> you guys are smugglers underhanded. <laughs> oh, man. What's the stat on your sword? It is uh, dexterity plus insight
5: plus one... HR plus
0: six. Okay, so roll dexterity plus insight for me, please.
5: 11.
0: Okay, so here's what happens. You are actually the reason Sunhawk is able to get up a lot of the time, because Sunhawk will get thrown down, and Suri, you just swoop up immediately behind, and you're cutting patellas, you're cutting knees, like, you're stabbing through kneecaps, like, it's just... Ouch. Honestly, like, we could not show this because this is a PG-13 family-friendly romp, but uh, it's bad. It is is very intense. At this point, the members of Squad A arrive. Atlas, I'm actually going to give the first move to you simply because Cassandra has never seen combat before, and Gwen is still kind of reeling from that horrible long-range brand someone did to her.
1: (laughs) All right, so... Uh, I find the big guard, you know, the guard (laughs) that's much bigger than everybody else for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I take out my chain whip. Mm. What I want to happen is I want to like kind of stick, stay a little bit uh, far around. And when he comes in to like make an attack with whatever weapon he has, I want to whip his hand, get it around his hand. And I want to try to pull him towards me so I can give him a, so I can give him a, Young Buck style, super kick. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, It's five and seven, so that's 12. Yeah, I can do math.
0: You do it. You successfully send him stumbling and jerking towards you and then boom right into him and he is out like a light. Gwen, you're up. All right. I have a few questions. Number one,
7: please, does the thing that happened to my neck affect me at all in any way, stats-wise? Not mechanically.
0: No, it just hurts.
7: Great. Awesome. How many guys and, um, how many did, uh, Suri take out knees of? <laughs> <laughs>
0: At this point, I'd say about there's about half left. So there's around like 15 or 16 folks left. Wow, there were a lot of guys. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there were around 30. So. Okay, that makes sense. So I am going to
7: target three boys that Suri knocked out knees of specifically. Okay. Because they're little, you know incapacitated so i would like to target them yeah using my um ignis spell which uh i'm gonna read what it is since like this is the first time and this game is new so i'm gonna go ahead and read it uh you unleash a searing barrage against your foes conjuring flames out of thin air each target hit by the spell suffers the highest roll plus 15 fire damage
0: so for that i have to roll what remind me uh it's i believe willpower plus insight for your magic
7: that makes sense. Okay. So what I'm attempting to do is to set these three guys on fire, and the way that I that I do it is I sort of slam my hands into the ground, uh, full model style, and sort of pushing this fire magic through the floor, almost like um, I'm trying to trying to describe it. You know, when like there's a a, a fuse that's about to go and then there's like a spark on a line and it goes to yeah. the yeah to the bomb yeah, you know what i yeah, mean yeah, it's yeah. like that's sort of how it's working just like fire on the ground trailing to these three guys to just shoot them up in flames from the ground <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what happens uh you said willpower plus plus uh insight insight okay yes let's see okay i got a 10 uh a nine and a one
0: where'd that third die come from uh Oh, no, a pl- a t- no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm an oh. idiot. <laughs> I thought you rolled individually a 10, a 9, oh, no, and no, a I- 1. I was so, telling and you my two so died. Bl- yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was a 9 plus a 1 equals yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's fine. You succeed. The fire, it's just. So now a couple of their buddies are just. Burning this went very badly. <laughs> so fortunately, the good news is is that because of the positioning of where uh, this fire went up, there is actually kind of a barrier of flame between the three of you, between the six of you, and the rest of the guards. You successfully have a way out. So fortunately, Cassandra, unless you want to start throwing punches, you can help with the escape effort. <laughs>
3: Ah, um, uh, no. Cassandra <laughs> is freaked out. This is the most single, most intense moment of her life up to this point. And so she is going to, in self-defense, throw up a barrier around herself. and probably also Gwen, considering she's probably close to her. Thanks.. But yes, so her tattoos glow and slide down into her palms, and she pushes them out and pushes out this barrier that looks like reflections on water, reflections of the sun on water as it ripples. And this is a spell that she has. So you project your soul outside of your body and weave it into a barrier to project the targets from attacks until the spell ends. Each target may treat their defense as being equal to 12 against any effect that targets if they are still free to use their normal defense score of higher or they are still free to use their normal defense score of higher than 12. So it can be up to three creatures.
0: It makes you harder to hit, which is the good stuff's. Yes, the good stuffs. <laughs> I'm gonna say y'all guys get a breather before the other guards get wise. So, uh, strategize. What do you want to do now? So
4: you said there's a path that inevitably like cleared for us to escape from. So basically,
0: here's the situation. So let's say, for example, you guys are facing west. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can keep heading that way and there's going to be the main like entrance and exit of the home that you'll be able to go if you follow a path that's gonna lead from the right. So it's like the front door all the way there. You can take that quote unquote main entrance. Directly behind you is the wall of burning bodies. God, I can't believe we did that in episode two. We went to war crimes real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the right is the wall of that's kind of the boundary to the grounds that has the creeping ivy and stuff. So you can try and hop over that. And then to your left is just the sheer wall of the building. It's just the manor.
5: We don't have our carriage still, right? Or whatever brought us here.
0: Ernie and Reggie also have the crystal. So they are on their way. You gotta go pick me up. I'm scared. Uh, did we plan a rendezvous point with them? you know what not on camera but you certainly did
4: (laughs) i i see that cassandra is sort of freaking out and like how she's like sort of taking this time to sort of protect the party and i'm immediately like i say let's get this show on the road people and i like start to like i try to like Get people out by sort of like hustling or or like pushing them in the right direction. Like we gotta go. We don't have time to like sit around.
0: You know. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Is there anything anyone wants to do in this scene? Because I'm just gonna cut to the uh, to you guys successfully making a mis- uh, an escape. Um, yeah,
3: Cassandra's just like, get me out of here, and we'll run <laughs> whatever direction you point me in.
0: She's so baby. Yeah, I'm literally like, I'm
4: like forcefully. Pushing like go go this way, you know.
0: I feel like there's kind of a funny visual of you pressing against the force field.
7: <laughs> yeah. it
0: makes kind of, trying to push it. Yeah, like go, and she's like, stop yelling at me. She's going, or she's Scottish, so she's like, stop yelling at me. She's going. So, <laughs> and is it
4: safe to assume that like we're getting there are people behind the wall of like fire? Oh yeah, like kind of get after us. Also to try to buy us time, I'm gonna just take like a few warning shots in that direction to sort of like pin them to cover.
0: All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you do that. It's awesome. So you guys, I'm not gonna say you have to roll for this. I'm gonna say you successfully get away because at that point, everything kind of goes according to plan. You have a clear shot towards an exit. So congratulations, gang. You just finished your first combat encounter. Yay! The first of many... So many bodies. Um, <laughs> we are going to cut away to another house in another place in the city. Yay! And congratulations to each of you. You each get two, count them, two Fabula points because there are villains in this scene. We get, we get two
3: Fabula points?
0: Because one for we each get, villain. Two
3: for e- One for each villain? Yeah. Oh my and it, god! And, the,
0: and you don't even have to be present on the scene. This is actually a mechanic. I can do a villain Ooh. scene because I can make it all cinematic. Oh! And further away, we are in the home of a woman, and the home is Spartan. There are basically no art decorations. There is nothing in this room that does not serve a purpose, and every item in this room serves exactly one function. There is a woman sitting there. She has short, cropped, black hair and almost completely dead eyes. Like, there are statues with more expressive eyes than this woman, almost reptilian. And she is writing a letter quietly in her office and a man enters into the room and it is from the party, Duke Henry Meguson. And he enters into the room and he says, well, that was an absolute cock-up. And the woman sets down her pen and sighs. And she looks up and she says, was he killed? And Henry shrugs and he just says, of course he was killed. You hired one of the best assassins in order to ensure it. And the woman raises an eyebrow and she just says, then explain to me what the problem is. And magazine simply says, The dictatorian was there and involved. Caroline, you do realize the enormity of this? And Caroline just leans back and looks at him and just says, This can easily be accommodated. The plan moves forward. Godwin agreed to the shipment. And... Magusen shrugs and just says, I still haven't received the letter. I couldn't tell you. And Caroline frowns and just says, The companion, the dictatorian, the companion of hers, she was traveling alone. And he shakes his head and says, No, Godwin's daughter was there. And Caroline's eyes narrowed. And she places her hands on the desk and she stands up. And she says... Well, as soon as Zelda washes the blood off her hands from Pierce, send her out on assignment. And we're going to cut from there back to you guys. You have successfully made it back to the home of Ernie and Reggie.
4: Well, uh, so. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. I just sort of like, you know, I'm like tapping my foot and like. And, like, I assume there's just this eerie kind of, like, silence, just sort of processing everything that, like, happened. And I'm just like. Yeah. So there were some unaccounted variables. (laughs) And I just, like, look around the room. And I'm like, but we did it. Kind of. (laughs) You did.
6: Uh, Travis just said that. And all I'm going to do in response is pull out the letters and just hand them to Gwen. Just kind of, like, a shove. She takes the journal. And she turns to Cassandra, and she goes, "I need you to read this." And she like pushes it towards you.
3: Cassandra's just completely frozen, and like it's still in shock, and just sort of starts takes she's, like picks up her hand and just reaches out for the journal, but it is shaking like a leaf. And she is she is completely silent, just wide saucer eyes that are re-seeing everything that she just recently witnessed.
5: I want Suri to reach out in front of her and say, I'll take this for now. It's gonna be fine. And just like takes the journal and puts it in her satchel so that she doesn't have to deal with it at the moment.
6: Sunhawk grubs over, literally reaches into your satchel, pulls it back out and she goes, No, 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 this is mine. And I need her to read it. And and Suri just
5: puts her hands up and goes, All right, I understand.
0: And Reggie comes up, and Reggie goes over to Sun Hawk, and is just like, "Hey, uh, baby, she's clearly never actually been out on assignment before. Maybe this could wait until morning." She kind of looks like she uh wants to
6: argue that for a minute, but then uh, she kind of like she kind of like shoots Cassandra just a really like like a disappointed look. Like, a, I expected more from what I thought, like, the Dictatarian might be, right? She doesn't say that, but it's, like, in, it's in the look. And then she just shakes the journal, and she's like, fine, and leaves. She leaves the room.
0: Reggie comes over and uh, puts a big old blanket around Cassandra, and I didn't really go into their looks, but Ernie and Reggie look almost identical. The only difference is uh, one of them has a big mustache. <laughs> That's it. Which one? (laughs) Ernest has the mustache. Reginald does not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, so, but Reggie puts a big blanket around you and he's huge, especially compared to you and kind of pulls you into a big hug and just really quietly says, do you want some tea? We can make you some tea in the kitchen if you'd like. So
4: witnessing all this, Travis just says, read the damn book. And I like throw it in front of her. Sunhawk still has the book. Oh, sh- okay. I I like point at the book and I go, read the damn book. <laughs>
5: I, and I want, I want sorry to go, how about we take a moment and we do this in the morning? It's and like, Cassandra just looks I think, up.
3: I think, and just, no, we're doing it now. Oh. The deceiver is slowly creeping in and taking over people. We've got to find out what this is for. I was sent Here to read that book, and I will. I will do it right now, no matter what I have witnessed. Give me the journal.
5: And Suri is like, she goes to knock on Sunhawk's door, but while she's leaving, she's like, Gwen, do you want to maybe read your letters while I go get this? Yeah, I was actually about to ask about that. Do I have the
0: contents of those letters? Yeah, so basically, you're going through the letters. Your dad is dirty as hell. Like, basically the implication of what you're fully going forward as you're reading more and more of this. Your dad has functionally promised a war fleet and has been delivering that in pieces over time to the Emperor of Yudraria in pieces. And they're continuously signed. Uh, they just use their initials. So it's continuously SG for your father. Right. H.M., and CD.
7: Which I'm assuming H.M. is the, the villain scene that just played out?
0: I don't know. What do <laughs> you think? <laughs> Chris just gave me a big shrug. <laughs> just a
7: comical shrug.
0: <laughs> um,
7: His name was Henry N- uh, Magus.
0: Yes, it was. But, you know,
7: <laughs> maybe not. And I he know. was
0: definitely <laughs> talking about that. Gwen doesn't know that, obviously. But, yes, yeah, so it's consistently CD- HM and SG are what they're going for, and from what you can understand, HM is specifically commissioning the thing and is the main correspondence for the Empire, and CD is helping to supply site and other materiel, and it sounds like uh, they're actively beginning to use slave labor in order to construct it. They're just straight up refugees who are coming in from when the sea level is rising. They're just swooping in, picking them up, and forcing them to work in shipyards.
7: Great, so stuff that all checks out for my dad.
0: Got it. Yeah, but and it is extensive. Like, you have almost the complete thing. But what's interesting is that none of the letters, so far as you can tell, have anything to do with J.D. Pierce.
7: Hmm, okay
0: not addressed, not referenced in any of it.
7: Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, uh, after Suri tells me that I should read my letters while um, all this tension gets sorted out, I look up and I and I'd say that I've already read them and that it's just just like we thought. My dad is up to some really, really shady shit and we got to figure out what's going on here and figure out who the names of the people that are initialed are. In order to get to the bottom of it, but it's starting to sound like it's even worse than we originally perceived. And I look at Cassandra and I say, whatever you think is the right thing to do in this moment, but it is really up to you. You do not have to read it in this moment. Do not listen to what
3: anyone else says. But if you think it's the right move, then go for it. I hear what the teacher is telling me. I follow a teacher and I must read that journal as soon as possible that's what we were sent here for that's why it could have the answers it could have the answers to the sea why it's rising and why it's stopped we need to read it tonight okay how long do you think that would take depends how much writing is in it I suppose a few hours it's a journal I will stay up with you until you're done
0: that was adorable. <laughs> I love that friendship scene. You know what? No, that was at a out of bond. That was great. That was some great role playing. Yay! You may deepen your bond with Cassandra and Gwen. Yeah. Level two friendship. Level
3: two.
0: Great. Your friendship is ranked. You feel your bond with Guinevere has risen today. Would you like to go to sleep? Sorry. Wrong JRPG franchise. Shout out to my Persona fans. <laughs> all right cool so yeah um so in the <laughs> so in the meantime like all that's being sorted and Reggie just kind of looks at atlas and travis is just like do, do, do you want some tea because i got some tea in the kitchen
4: i just look at him and i like roll my eyes and i'm just like i just i'm in a huff and I don't want to talk about it i just like <laughs> I'm like whatever like I don't have time for that
0: Reggie looks like like he's got his face where he's just like oh rude but he doesn't actually say anything and he goes i have a cigar
4: that does pique my interest and i'm like i suck at that actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then you hear Ernest from the other room and he just says did i just hear you were gonna be grabbing a cigar (laughs) and reggie's just like
2: no you know i quit (laughs) come on come
0: on let's go come on outside come on come on just come on it's fine it's fine (laughs) Alright. Cut to uh Surrey knocking on Sunhawk's door to get the journal. Sunhawk, what are you doing while well, everyone else is getting cigars and or strengthening their bonds?
6: <laughs> You'll have to remind me if I get any of this backstory incorrect, but she's looking through the journal and pulling out the um picture that is inside of it that has been lost until this moment with the journal. And she's still kind of flipping through um the uh, indecipherable text she has not been able to read.
0: Yeah, it's all written in a dead language, so there's not much you can do. But fortunately, Dictatarian, as one of those abilities, is able to speak and read all languages while connected to the teachers. So you're you're flipping through it. It is still as indecipherable to you as it has been since the day you first laid eyes on it. But there is a polite knock at your door.
5: Come in. And I want Suri to walk in, and I just want her to, like, stare at her for a second. Like, that, that captain stare that's like, you have done something wrong, and I need you to know it. <laughs> and I want her to, there to be a moment of silence, and then I want her to look her dead in the eyes and go, I need you to listen to me and not speak until I am done. And she waits for a minute, and then she looks at her again, she's like, Little Cassandra has never been through anything like tonight. I don't care if the entire world is at stake right now. She needs a moment. And that was irreplaceably and irrequivocally unacceptable. And I look at her and I go, yes, we're going to read the journal. She wants the journal now, but if you come out there and you are rude to her, or you try and make it bigger than you could ever try and make it, I will go off on you like you've never experienced before. Do you understand me? The entire world is at stake, but you want to throw a hissy fit. No. Stand up, bring the journal, be nice. And then she leaves. She just leaves. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's it. She's just fucking, (laughs) she's so mad. Okay. (laughs)
6: When she leaves, Sun um, Hawk just kind of like sits there for a minute, and then just kind of makes a face, and so she's like, hmm. "And that's about it." Uh, and then, but she comes downstairs. She's gonna bring the journal down.
0: <laughs> just for those of you who didn't see, it was like the, oh, "Okay, yeah, fair enough." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Cassandra, the journals before you.
3: So I'm going to, I'm going to merge with the teacher. So, she holds the journal in her hands.
0: Yeah, uh, before we go into that, uh, read Should the read stats the... for the spells, please. Okay. Yeah.
3: So, this is the Arcanum of the Grimoire, and she's this means when she emerges, she is able to read, write, speak, and understand all languages, and treats her insight as if it were one die-size higher up. Once we dismiss the Arcanum of the Grimoire, I can ask the game master any question. The game master must answer truthfully describing the vision shown to you by the grimoire. Once used, this dismiss effect will not be able available again until the next dawn.
0: So within the context of the fiction, it basically means that for a time, her soul and the spirit of the teacher merge in her body. And while that is happening, she is able she basically has a degree of perfect understanding, not necessarily omniscience because she doesn't have a constant knowledge. But basically, she can ask questions. And if she asks the right question, she will always know the answer. And in that time, she can read and decipher all languages and then. Well, she does ask me in the fiction. She's able to ask the teacher a question and I get to be as delightfully vague or horribly accurate as I choose because <laughs> fun times. All right. And so
3: furthermore, the same question may never be asked more than once. So the game master has say on which cu- questions are too similar to be asked again.
0: So the first and the first time you asked that question is what set you on this journey because you asked how do I save the world or how do I help the world or something yeah. like that? And it showed you this journal. So, with the sun
3: and the hawk? Okay. Um, (laughs) So, her eyes, her pupils and her irises glow blue along with her tattoos. And then the color slowly drains down just like when she heals or uses any other spell. The tattoos merge and flow like through almost glowing veins on top of her skin down and her irises and pupils slowly get smaller and smaller till they're pinpricks and then gone and it's just a white eye seeing and reading and she reads the journal and understands
0: so the first page of the journal reads thusly it says luna if you're able to read this, it means I've been gone for a while now. I have documented everything that I can about what is to come in these pages. But you also need to know that if anybody else read this, it would mean the end of everything we've ever loved. I'm sorry I couldn't deliver this to you in person. You know, I would not be able to look at you in the eye if I wasn't doing the right thing. With all my love, soul. And the rest of the journal, as far as you can read, even though you understand it clearly, you know what it says, is complete gibberish. The rest of the journal is coded.
3: Oh, great. Okay. As she's reading these things, she translates the first page aloud and lets them know what it says. And then starts to translate the rest of it and tells them that it is all completely coded and she can read the words, but not the code. And they have to find the origin of this book, the origin of this journal, to find out anything about who would have coded it and how they could have coded it. And that's... What she is going to ask the teacher is, hmm. <sighs> oh, that's tough because I can't have it just be like, "What's it say?" Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't really think I can ask that.
4: Can I ask? Uh, are you Are you by yourself? Who are you with right now?
3: I'm still with everyone. I think we're all yeah. So together. it's
0: it's Gwen.
4: So yeah, I've, I've
3: let you guys know that. Hey, this doesn't make sense. The first part does, and something terrible is coming, but the rest of it, it makes no sense. Oh, okay. They have to find out where this journal came from.
0: Is that the question you want to ask?
3: And I think that that's the question is going to be, you know.
0: It, like, who is soul? Who wrote this journal? Yeah. As you ask that question in prayer, like speaking mm-hmm. out loud doesn't work, but as you ask that question, you see a vision of a young boy, maybe five or six years old. His head is shaved and he is way too fit for a child his age and he's covered in scars. His nose has been broken multiple times. His jaw has been broken multiple times, but you see in his eyes, they're kind, they're sad, and they're burdened with knowledge that he never, ever wanted to know. And over time, you see this boy begin to grow. And you see, over time, his hands begin to drip blood. And then more blood. And then more blood until eventually there's a small puddle around him and his hands are stained and he starts crying. And eventually you see... He tries to rub his hands. He's he's trying to clean them, and it doesn't work. And he turns, and as he turns, you see two little girls who are the same thing, shaved heads, covered in scars, multiple, you know, very clearly have seen a rough life. And he takes both of them in his arms, and he begins to run. And they grow older. Blood is still on the hands. And eventually what winds up happening is... Well, before this was kind of an empty white void. As they move apart, you see the boy begins to glow. And he goes in and he rises and he becomes the sun. And the sun sets. And as the sun sets, the blood that was on his hands trickles into the horizon. And the whole sunset is just blood red. And then the moon rises. And the moonlight shines down on Sunhawk across from you. And then you're back in the room.
3: Who are you,
6: Sunhawk? That's a long story. Uh my name is Luna. Luna Solaris. And this journal, she points, she goes this journal belonged to My brother. Not by blood, but for all intents and purposes, he was my brother. We found each other as orphans when we were taken from the streets and trained to be crows, assassins. When we ran, all we had was each other and the little girl we took with us. And it's because of me that she's gone and he's gone. What do you mean? Gone for Lily, a mission gone wrong because of my mistakes, my anger, my miscalculations. Her, she was killed, she's gone, and Sol might as well be dead. I don't know where he is. I lost track of him years ago. All I have is that letter and that journal. And if I can find him again, if I can find what this journal means. I need to and I thought the dictatorian herself could just give me the answers but I guess you don't have them either
3: I'm afraid it sounds like Saul is a bit smarter than that it's pretty smart there's a reason he ran from you there's a reason he left a code clearly he didn't want you to find him right away but we've got to crack this and we've got to find him How many years has he been gone? Seven
6: years it's been since I've seen him.
3: And how did your brother learn a dead language that not even Atlas White knows? I wish I could tell you that. He
6: was always incredibly intelligent. But if I knew anything about how he had this journal, or knew how to write it or read it, then I wouldn't need you. So, you don't think you can help break the code? I've been trying for just about as long as he's been gone. I think I'm a fairly capable codebreaker myself, and, as you said, this seems to be some sort of dead language if we want answers, I think we'll have to look outside the city.
3: So you have an idea of where to find these answers?
6: Not exactly. I Look, I, I wish I could answer more of your questions, but I know about as much as you do. But maybe at least some of the information we found tonight could give us some sort of starting point. I mean, those letters were about as confusing as this journal. So
3: maybe we start with what we found. All right, Gwen. What have you found? So
7: basically, it's exactly what we thought was going to happen. My father is doing everything we suspect, but it's even worse. And I'm not sure how we are going to find out who the people that he's writing to are, but right now the only thing that I'm pretty certain of is that he's definitely working with the emperor, and I believe he might be providing an army for them. I'm not sure why, I'm not sure how big of an army, but it sounds like they're preparing for something huge, and I can't help but wonder if it's similar to or the same situation that you are foreseeing when you speak to the teacher.
3: I hope not, but at this point I'm not so sure. I'd always thought that I was seeing a natural disaster, a situation that with the the oceans rising and people fleeing constantly, homes being flooded, I thought... I thought that was what I was seeing. It was something natural, not not a war for the Empire of Eudoria. I'm not sure if this is the same thing or just something else terrible. But either way, we've got to get this sorted out. We've got to understand these letters. We've got to find out what this stupid journal says. Luna, do you think if I transcribed it so you could understand what the words mean, that you could figure out the code. You could
6: certainly try.
4: Yeah, I I look at Atlas and I'm I'm like, you're a man of I guess higher knowledge. What's your two cents on this?
1: I definitely know there's some code breakers who I studied with back home in Eudraria, but I see nothing like this uh, myself. Best I could do is probably bring it to some of the other scholars, but this seems very personal, something that we wouldn't want to get out to too many people like them. I agree.
0: And Reggie's standing there, and he has his cigars, and he's like, did, <laughs> did you boys still want to out back with the... Because I found my... Uh, you know, I'll, ju- I'll just wait. I'll just wait in the back. You, you boys are busy. You boys, I'll just wait in the backyard, and I'll have some extras for you, and if you want to join, you can. Just, just don't. Don't tell my husband. All right, just don't just, just don't tell my husband. Okay, you got to swear. You got to swear to me. <laughs> I swear. I swear, Reggie. I like him. I don't know if I like you, I listen. I don't know about you anymore.
4: <laughs> like I will never bite the hand that uh smokes me, I guess you could say. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Truly, Travis is the resin keeping this bowl together. (laughs) Honest to God. (laughs) All right. So so Reggie (laughs) heads into the backyard with the cigars. Uh, Was there anything anyone else would like to say in this scene?
7: I would like to say that this isn't anything against your fathers, but maybe we should be a little more careful about how much information we just spill. I mean, I think Atlas has a point. You know, we can't just take this to any, any person that we believe will be able to tell us what it says. I think we have to be very careful. I'm not saying I don't trust your fathers, but I also don't know how much of this we should tell them.
6: I think you're right.
7: You're right. They're not my
6: you know, fathers anyway, either, obviously. I, I trust them, but they are... You're right. There's only so many people that should see this.
5: How long do you think we'll be stuck here? Not in a bad way. I'm I'm just really missing my ship. And I, I was wondering how long you think this will take.
1: <laughs> I think Captain has a point. Maybe it might be wise for us to make our faces sparse here after all the commotion that we caused. So uh, maybe taking a trip might be a, a good idea. Try to find someone who can really uh, take care of that book.
3: Yeah,
7: I agree. I think every moment that we spend here is just raising the chances for us to get... Caught, especially after the scene we just made
5: honestly we could start heading towards a code breaker if you'd like while you all try to figure it out i bet atlas could give me the directions
0: i start looking through my little black book <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, sylphs scholars i'd like to fuck uh, this little black book <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> everyone sees it and they're and i'm like it was a gag gift <laughs> <laughs>
8: it's a company Christmas party yeah.
0: hey fuck you <laughs> but you do find the name and uh, hey kids are you ready for me to reintroduce an NPC I really like that I didn't get to use one codebreaker living in the capital city of Platea named Barnabas Glass <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: yeah Barney yeah. I love that guy
1: so like <laughs> as I um, look through my, my rolodex and uh, I come across I, I, I'm like crossing out names I'm like no he talks too much and no he's too he doesn't know too much and blah 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 and I get to <laughs> the only one that I can trust and I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn to everyone I say <laughs> so I have a friend <laughs> a little eccentric but the man is a good man I know it because he saved my life multiple times. His name is Barnabas Glass. And where did you say the capital city of? Platea, the capital city of the Empire. Platea. Awesome. Currently residing in the capital city of the Empire, Plataea. So I think that that's probably going to be our best bet.
5: You want us to take a smuggler's pirate ship to the capital city?
4: I just go <clears throat> a cargo ship. Captain.
0: <laughs> as a as as a brief lore reminder, uh you two would have made multiple runs to Plataea because there's a heavy infl- of the coven is there. So you guys would have made multiple trips to and from Platea. This is a pretty standard trip for you, all things considered. I think we can fly in under the radar. Yeah.
5: I completely forgot that's where they are headed. Fantastic. Never mind. Let's go. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Isn't
8: that
3: where <laughs> Isn't that where um, Gwen is from? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so she's going gonna to have the home turf advantage. Oh, yeah. And by advantage,
7: you mean, ah, uh, yikes.
0: <laughs> 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 and by advantage, you mean, ah, <laughs> davantage. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that brief interlude. Y'all can continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it might be wise to get a good night's rest and head out early in the morning.
7: What are the chances you think I avoid seeing my father?
4: (laughs) I'm going to say hello.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. All right, I need to get some good sleep. (laughs) Good night, everyone.
0: (laughs) Would anyone like to go smoking with poor Reggie?
1: (laughs) Oh, you best believe
0: I'm going to go smoking with Reggie. So y'all are in the backyard. It's small frankly and it's less of a yard and more of just a small concrete slab with like some trash bins but you know there is there's a little garden that's well kept with like fresh herbs and there is a small like bird feeder and it's very clear that there's not much but they've done what they can to try and make this feel like a home uh you come outside and reggie is sitting in an old wooden chair and there's, there's, uh, there's four chairs that are around a fire pit. He offers each of you a cigar and, um, he, he lights it for each of you and he snaps his fingers and there's a little candlelight on his thumb and he lights both of your cigars. As he does that on the inside of his wrist, there is actually the tattoo for the coven as he lights, as he lights your cigars. Fancy trick. I like it. And he shrugs and he just says, eh, It's good at polis, you know. Listen, Reggie, um, I didn't mean to be rude before.
4: <laughs> I I hope you didn't take it too personally.
0: And he shrugs and he just says, No, I get it. You're coming down off a job. Things are bad. You know, people got height. People you didn't mean to get height. It happens. I get it. Everyone reacts to stress differently. No offense taken. I, like, take a puff of, of the cigar, and I, like, acknowledge the
4: vanilla notes, and I'm like, wow, this is good stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long you been in a life, man? And he shrugs, and he says, sometimes it seems like forever.
4: Yeah, forever, right?
0: I just... <laughs> you offered her tea and a hug? <laughs> he shrugs, and he just says... You and me, and I'm presuming Professor White over there, we, we decided that this is what we wanted to do. Whether we were forced into it or not, we decided to keep doing it over and over. And I don't know how old you were when you first saw a man die by very unnatural causes. I was five and it was in the fighting pits of the empire. And I grew very, very accustomed to seeing live, breathing, wonderful people turn into bodies. Just things. I, like, wave my hand, I'm like, cut the shit. Cut the nice act, okay? And he shrugs and he says, how old is she, 20? Probably. And how many places has she been to outside the capital city? It doesn't matter. It matters to her.
4: Listen, I didn't choose this life either, okay? I killed my first man when I was 15, all right? And sure as hell, no one offered me a goddamn hug or a cup of hot tea, all right? I had to wrestle with that. And that's how I learned how real life worked. I'm tired of this baby shit, okay? She's got to grow up. She's got to learn somehow, right? Let her deal with it. At least she had the guts to read the damn journal. That being said, I do appreciate the hospitality.
0: There's a pause, and he takes a long pull on the cigar and he just says you know it's possible to wade through the shit and not be a bastard and i had to work hard to learn that lesson so if you want to keep being cynical and angry you can but she deserves to have a chance to be something else She deserves. So
4: did you. She said everything handed to her on a silver platter. You had, you deserve to have that too. That's not unique to her. But I didn't get it, all right? I had to fight for my cut. I had to kill for my cut. I had to work my ass off to earn the freedom and be on the ship that I'm on. And what do you do on that ship? I help people.
0: Oh! Oh, so suddenly... When you're on your ship and because you've gotten through to it, you're allowed to help people. She is the dictatorian. She's allowed to help people. But people aren't allowed to care about her while she's doing it? Because you got handed a bum rap, suddenly I am supposed to, in my own home, look at a girl. Traumatized. Shaking. Not used to that. I have to decide that all of a sudden... She's not a person anymore, she's a soldier, she's a criminal, she's a murderer. I'm not gonna make that choice. And if this was on your ship, I wouldn't be telling you, you shouldn't be doing that either. You're in my home. And this is my life. And she may be a passenger on your crew, but she's staying in my home. And you, Travis Evans, do not dictate to me how I treat guests in my home. Now I'm going to give you two choices right now. You either apologize to me and you go to bed or you get the hell out of this house and I never see you again.
4: I ain't apologizing for anything. But that being said, this is your house. You are taking us in. I could disagree with you because I don't think that's how real life works. But that being said, you know, I respect your decision. If you can't meet me that way, then I'm gone. He doesn't look at you. Fine. I turn to Atlas and I'm like, oh, shit, I kind of forgot you were here. (laughs) It's okay, you were having a moment. (laughs) I like flick the cigar to the ground and I'm like, thanks for that. And then I go to bed.
0: Atlas, is there anything you want to do
1: in this scene? I let the, the, the air cool for a little bit, smoking the cigar. I don't look at him, I look at the cigar on the ground and I say, um, I'm sorry about that.
0: Reggie sighs and he says, I shouldn't have gotten heated. I shouldn't have gotten heated. I I spent a lot of my life angry. I spent a lot of my life angry, and I don't like being angry anymore. I don't like it. And I I'm an a I'm a grown man, I shouldn't have done that, but I don't see anything wrong with being kind to a girl who got hurt. And I think there's something real broken in that kid. I think there's something real broken in that kid. And I hope he finds a way to fix it because he seems good at fixing things. I hope he can fix himself.
1: Well, uh, when I was growing up, people used to say, uh, compassion is a muscle. You got to use it to gain it. So hopefully he'll learn. He's got a long way to go.
0: He nods. And he just says, (sighs) He does have a good head on his shoulders. I'll give him that. (laughs) You know, back when I was running with the Warlocks, uh, we used to call those guys, um, we used to call them torches, right? They're useful, and you're glad you have them when you need them, but you don't leave them unsupervised, and unless you really know what you're doing, you don't bring them home. So what I hope, maybe from traveling with you, maybe from learning, uh, he learns how to be a hearth, you know? Keep that anger, keep that fire, but uh, productive and safe and something people can be better around. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being romantic.
1: Hmm. I can see how you've got, kept your husband for so long.
0: <laughs> and he's, and he, he laughs at that and he just goes, no, but seriously, don't tell him we've been smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and... We're going to cut here, and there's a scene, actually, that we're going to do with Miss Gwen Godwin while you're asleep. Okay. You experience a sensation, almost like a pulling, where you go from being in a dream to being somewhere else. And you're not awake, but you're here, and the space is dark. You can see, but... Part of your brain is registering that you shouldn't be able to. And in that space, you see the man with the violet eyes. And he smiles at you. And he says,
2: Guinevere, I reach to you in the space where I would be heard. I apologize for this. Inefficient method of communication, but we are limited here. I apologize for claiming you. We intended to claim your companion, but another had laid claim to her, and thus we adapted.
7: Um, Gwen just grabs the back of her neck just sort of trying to make sense of what's happening
0: as you put your hand on the scar it is very warm to the touch as though someone else's hand is there she flinches
7: the freak out and you know shakes
0: her hand out of the way and and just
7: sort of is looking at her hand and trying to understand what's going on and she looks up at the man with the violet eyes and just in horror asks what are you trying to do to her.
2: To her nothing. As we said, another lay claim to her. The instructor, the guide, the teacher. It laid claim to her as an avatar in the mortal realm. You were the nearest reliable source. For now, our goals align. And we would seek to accomplish them through you. What goals? To save your world. To prevent
0: the rising.
7: The rising of what?
0: He gestures and you see there's a seat across from him. He smiles in a sort of wrong way the only way i can describe it is imagine that there were like puppet strings on the corners of his mouth and just lifted it a little too far as he smiles and just gestures in this sort of languid fluid way and just says sit and i will attempt to teach and he sits across and just kind of waits expectantly
7: in a matter of seconds Gwen weighs all of her options (laughs) and decides that her curiosity wins in the scenario (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um, approaches the seat that he's proposed to her, sits down very cautiously and just unable to take her eyes off of off of
0: him. You notice now kind of differently that you actually can register his face. Before you couldn't really make out what he looked like when you saw him at the gala. And now his face is too sharp. His face looks like it was carved, but it was carved by someone trying to carve a shape. Not necessarily a face, but a shape. It's odd angles, and where the face would be smooth, it's too smooth. And where his cheekbones would make ridges, they're too sharp. And he just looks a little off, almost geometric. Like he was created and like unnatural. Yes, artificial. And uh, he smiles that weird smile of his and he says, you need not fear damage
2: from us for the time we need you. I will attempt to instruct to prepare for now. I will reach you Here. In this space, but at times, based on our need, we may need to draw you in. We may need to accelerate the education, but for now, the rising.
0: And he gestures his hand, and seemingly out of nowhere, with no sense of movement or scale or shape, you are rushed forward out into the middle of the ocean. And culturally, this is terrifying because the ocean is where the monsters are. He gestures and you can feel the spray. You can feel the wet of the sea going around you. And he says, there is presence
2: here. They are reaching for something at the bottom of your world beneath the waves and the foam. This must not occur, for he who would rise would destroy your world and afterwards would seek ours. This must not occur, and you, Guinevere Godwin, are the instrument Of our salvation.
7: What are they reaching for? Why are they doing this? I don't understand.
2: My knowledge is limited. As is my means of communication. You would ask the White. What he knows
0: of Leviathan. And you wake up. And when you wake up. You notice your face is wet with seawater. And we're going to end that scene. (laughs) So it's the morning of, it's the next morning. (laughs) Sorry, it's not a Chris McLean campaign unless there's some weird eldritch crap going on.
5: (laughs) Also, you literally sounded like a Dalek. Like my nightmare fuel. <laughs> I know, right? You sounded like a Dalek, and I kind of wanted to die. I was like, these are my these are my type, my like top nightmare fuel.
0: <laughs> oh no, hang on, hang on. I could. could. We need you, Gwen. God, Gwen. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to take a couple of seconds to drink some water. Role play. Like this is the scene. It's the morning after. Gwen, you're coming downstairs. Everyone else is already assembled for breakfast.
7: Yeah, Gwen's. Freaking freaked. And I don't think that she is exactly ready to expose this information to everyone uh, because she's still processing it herself. And she's also scared. So I'm just telling you, the players, that if she doesn't mention anything, that's why. <laughs> so she just comes down looking like she was definitely up all night and her hair is just like a disaster and her eyes are red.
1: <laughs> I slide you a coffee and I go, looks like you need this.
7: yes. Thank you. And she takes it, just like an empty stare.
1: I kind of lean down and um, I look at you and I go, um, are you OK? You look flushed. I chuckle to myself and I'm like, you're still a late riser,
7: huh? And she sees a window of opportunity to, to play this off and just sort of like chuckles. And <laughs> yeah, I, you know me, I late riser. I excuse me. I. I think I need a second to um, lie back down. And she starts to feel a little lightheaded.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, we'll we'll uh, make sure we get you before we uh, head out for the morning.
7: Thank you. And she sits down on the floor, not even in a chair, <laughs> and just sort of holds her head and leans over to literally just lay on the ground. And I don't think she really sees anything wrong with this or weird about this in this moment.
5: I want Suri to look at Atlas and be like, is this, is this normal? Sh- should we be worried?
4: No. And yes. I roll my eyes and I think to myself <laughs> like rich kids.
0: I swear. <laughs> Dude, you have a chip on <laughs> your shoulder.
3: <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna block. <laughs> um, Cassandra's like, this. she's clearly sick, so heal her to the rescue. And kneels down next to her and attempts to heal her of whatever. Also, <laughs> did they get better from last night yet? Gwen, no.
0: Well, people. Oh, can't. yeah, no, you healed. Everybody's back at Max HP. Okay. You're all fine. Oh, great. You had a good night. So you rested at an inn in a JRPG. You're fine.
3: <laughs> cool. So then I am going to attempt to heal Gwen of her ailment.
0: So normally what you would do is you would reach out through magic and you would basically feel the life energy in the other person and you would basically notice that there were gaps and the gaps would be the wounds and you would try and feel the gaps, right? Outside of, like, you know, general, like, shakiness, exhaustion, maybe the symptoms of fear, you can't really feel anything wrong with Gwen. Like, her aura's fine. But the spot where her, her mark is... On the back of her neck is not it's it's as though there's not really a hole in it so much as it's just her aura moves around it.
3: Mm.
0: Her aura it's doesn't like a
3: rock t- in a stream.
0: Yeah. And it just refuses to go around it. And when you press your mind, when you try and press your magic against that spot, it doesn't like it, and you can't push hard enough to make it move. And it feels cold, Atlas.
3: I'm not sure what this is. We know it's not good. I can't do anything about it. I think it might be what causing. It might be what's causing this lying down on the floor.
1: Well, what do you suppose we do about it?
3: I don't know. I've never not been able to heal someone before. I've never come up against this. I think the best thing for now is to get on the road, to get going. We've got to get up in the sky and figure out what's going on with this journal. This has got to all be connected somehow. Maybe your friend Barnabas could shed some light on this rune.
1: I hope so. I like go to uh, pick up Gwen. Like I'm gonna like fucking carry her to the ship. Because she's weak. She's basically asleep.
5: <laughs> and as we're getting up, I, I look over at Luna's parents and I'm like, thank you for everything. It's been weird. Have a great day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they glance up and they're like, yeah, uh-huh. And they're, oh, but they're over with Luna and they're packing a bag for her. And it's just like, all right, so we made <laughs> sure we packed your spyglass. glass. We got your, uh, you know, yeah. We, we made sure that we got the grappling hook. Uh, we got the rope for you. Did, did, did you remember the matches? She doesn't need matches. She's able to do magic. She'll be able to. Le- no, but did you do matches? It just might make it easier if she's too tired to actually do this. But one second, honey, one second. We're just going to talk about matches real quick because your father's being a dumbass and he kind of drags him out of the room and leaves you alone with Travis for a couple of minutes.
6: Oh, OK. okay. Well, since they're gone, I'll just <laughs> zip up the bag.
4: Okay.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you ready to go?
6: I guess so.
4: You'll be a yeah. fine addition to the crew. We'll make an errand out of you net, of you yet.
6: Thank you. I um it's been a while since I've had, you know, more of a family, so
4: well, this is certainly an interesting one, <laughs> at least from the people I've met so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: true. It'll be an adventure. and she like uh, taps your shoulder and kind of walks out the door.
4: I just, like, sort of, like, watch her leave, and I just say, like, mutter to myself, I'm like, it always is. And, like, I I trail behind her.
0: Is there anything anyone would like to, like, any intervening scenes in the walk to the ship? Because otherwise, we're just gonna cut to your voyage underway. I guess I'll talk to Cassandra. It's, like, super quick. Okay.
4: Keep it brief. (laughs) (laughs) So, feeling guilty and, like, having... Uh, Reggie's words sort of resonate through my head, I'm thinking like, am I an asshole? Am I an
8: asshole?
4: <laughs> I'm like wrestling with this like ideology of like, no, but like that's just how it is. Like that's just how life works. And like, and I'm like, but like, you know, she was kind of sad and like I remember I was really sad. So I just like, I just sort of trail up behind her. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and I try my best to like buddy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's definitely like a A little weirded out by this. (laughs) Just the... But also, you know, he's trying. Better than last night. At least we're making progress. You know, it's all... It's all a learning experience, and that's what we're here to do, so... Some learning is just a wee bit harder than others, isn't it?
4: Yeah. You know, it's never easy. And I'd like to think it gets better. But it really never does. It gets easier. So... Do with that what you will. Just know that, like, we're here, I guess. And I, like, tap you on the back, and I'm like, if you ever need anything, just ask, okay? Thanks, Travis. And I just, before she even says that, I just, like, trail off.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna consider that a rest scene. If y'all would like, you may form a relationship with each other and have a bond. (laughs) Sure. And remember, the bond does not have to be Positive, you could have a bond of. uh, So you could have a bond of, for example, Travis, you could have hatred and it wouldn't necessarily or mistrust because you don't think she can handle it or something. It doesn't have to be a positive.
4: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put mistrust just because like, you know, come on now. (laughs) If she
0: falls apart again, you know, could be at a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you all board the Scarlet Wren the crystal powers up, uh, the propellers of the ship begin rotating on the sides and it makes its lift-off from the clockwork city and you all get one fabula point because none of you realize on the exterior of the ship is bounty hunter and assassin, Zelda Blint. What? And... Th- that is where we are ending tonight's episode.
3: What? <laughs> Not Zelda. Christopher! Okay, but Zelda Blint is objectively a cool-ass name.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> she can't touch my ship. Mm-mm. No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How? Like, you can try, like, I draw, I'm fine with you trying to kill us, but I draw the line at you touching my ship you're fine with her <laughs> trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Great game. I thought that was awesome. As always, we have our two uh, awards to give out. Everybody gets the base five experience. So congratulations. You have all leveled up. Yay! Yay! Yeah. And I reviewed the rules, and um, it turns out you can vote for multiple people. If there is a tie, they both win. But we're going to start with MVP. So, who mechanically using the rules or abilities that they have or manipulating the rules of the game do you think helped the party reach their goal the most? And I do not get a vote.
5: I would say Sunhawk. I say Luna.
3: I was going to say Gwen because that badass fire bit. <laughs> that was a pretty cool fire bit.
0: I'm
4: torn because like you got all the create. You got so much creativity this game. You know, like you have like Surrey like chopping knees. Yeah. You have like Gwen with like that TNT, like, <laughs> you know, like uh, combustion, which is kind of wa- wacky. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I think for me, my vote's tied between Surrey and Gwen, actually.
6: I want to vote Gwen.
1: All right, sir. I've got one vote for Siri. I've got one vote for Gwen. I think I would vote for Gwen very specifically because her fire ability is what let us get away.
4: Yeah. You know, I I fully vote for Gwen with
0: that note. Thanks, guys. All right. Tatiana, Gwen gets an additional two experience points for being the MVP of this round. And next is embodiment. Who do you think embodied their character the best? Their themes, their identities, their origins? Who do you think was most on-brand with their role-playing?
3: Travis. Yeah, I was also gonna say Travis.
0: Yeah, I vote Travis as well. Aw,
4: shucks.
3: Also, like Suri's moment,
0: freaking in the threat was so good. That was a total. Yeah. That was total big sister Surrey moment. I loved that. It was yeah, it was good. She
5: doesn't like people, but she likes her crew.
4: <laughs> oh, my vote was gonna be for Gwen. I think. Or sorry, uh, for sorry. I love you. I love you, Tati. I think I I I, I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> I was gonna
4: vote for um, for Surrey. I apologize.
0: For okay, so <laughs> I wasn't counting, but it sounds like it's a split vote between Surrey and Tyler. It sounds like.
3: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, sure. Give it to them both. Okay, both of you. Congratulations, you both win embodiment award. Please mark two additional experience on your character sheet. Yay. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to season one, episode two of A Troop of Players. Uh, My name has been Chris McLean. I've been your DM for the session, and I so look forward to seeing you next time. In the meantime, stay safe. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Troop of Players, an actual play podcast featuring the talents of Tatiana Bustamante. Megan Denning, Michael Jones, Alex Koza, Tyler Lynch, Chris McLean, and Sharon Ray Ryan. Editing for this episode was provided by Mitchell Shire. Our logo was designed by Coleman Cannell. Fabula Ultima is developed by Rooster Games. It is scheduled for release in 2022 and will be published by Need Games. This podcast uses playtest materials and may not reflect the official rules upon release. The setting and characters of this podcast should not be considered canon for any official Fabula Ultima content. For more information on the game, please visit www.needgames.it or www.fabulaultima.com. That's F-A-B-U-L-A-U-L-T-I-M-A dot If you would like to support the development of Fabula Ultima, go to www.patreon.com roosterema. That's patreon.com roosterema.com. Reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok for more information on the cast, crew, or lore of the game at A Troop of Players, or send us an email at a troop of players at gmail.com. That's at A T R O U P E of Players.